when the seasons change, you start wearing some clothes that maybe you haven't worn in six months or so. Has anyone ever pulled a jacket or a coat out of the closet and for the first time in the late fall or winter worn it and reached into the pocket? There's money. You reach into a pocket or a fleece jacket or something like that, and you haven't worn it since it was last chilly, and maybe you were going to a ball game or something like that, and you stuck some money in the pocket, and you forgot all about it, and then when the next time cool weather came and you pulled that jacket or fleece uh, coat out, you, you found money, you discovered something that you didn't know was coming. That's what Christmas was 2,000 years ago. Nobody knew it was coming on earth. Mary and Joseph were aware that Jesus was to be born, but none of the shepherds knew, none of the wise men knew, no one knew from an earthly perspective that the blessing was coming. But on the night that Jesus was born, angels appeared in the sky and they said, we're bringing to you good tidings of great joy. This morning we're going to talk about the first of four messages in a series related to that theme. And this, today we're going to talk about discovering Christmas. Would you open your Bibles please to Luke chapter 1. The four verses that we're going to use today for the message are not specifically Christmas verses. But they do point to the reason that Luke wrote this gospel that contains the Christmas story for us. In fact, it's probably the most familiar of the records of Christmas. Most families, when they get together, read from Luke chapter 2. So prior to his getting into the narrative of when Jesus was born, Luke gave a little introduction about his purposes for writing the book. And so let's read together in Luke chapter 1, beginning in the very first verse. Luke said, Many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us. In other words, other people already have written about this. Specifically, historians think Matthew and Mark already had been written by the time that Luke wrote his gospel, and the scholars think that John was the last of the four gospels written. And so he said, many have already done this to compile a narrative about the events that had been fulfilled among us, just as the original eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed them down to us. It also seemed good to me, since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first, to write to you in an orderly sequence, most honorable Theophilus. That was the recipient. A man named Theophilus was the recipient of these 24 chapters. And the reason in verse 4 says, so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. I've got two ideas that I would like to try to cover today about this theme of discovering Christmas. First, there is an element of seeking. When we think about discovering Christmas, there is a, there's an idea of discovering who Jesus is, exploring, developing and deepening our own relationship with him. There's the idea of we are seeking the Christ child. Luke here in this passage said, look, here's what I did. Some people have passed down stories. We've all sat around in circles and heard the eyewitnesses share, hey, when Jesus fed the 5,000, here's what he did. But Luke said, I did, not, I did not just take one person's perspective. If you see there in verse 3, he said, it also seemed good to me since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first 
Luke said, I, I've gone around finding every eyewitness that I could. I have found the children of eyewitnesses who maybe heard the story firsthand from their parents. And I didn't just start at various points in Jesus' ministry. I went all the way back. In fact, I've investigated and talked with uh, people about the birth of John the Baptist. I wanted to get everything from the very first. And then beyond that, I've investigated everything about what Jesus said and did there's a diligence to Luke's writing here where he's saying, I wanted to find out for myself. I didn't want to rely only on what others told me. I wanted to find out about Jesus for myself. And that's an important lesson for us at Christmas time and all throughout the year. Jesus invites us, he appeals to us, he calls to us to develop our own relationships with him. Not to rely simply on what other people tell us. Not to say, well, this is what I heard in Sunday school or this is what I remember from when I was a child. Luke's pattern shows us that we all are to pursue as deep an intimate, a relationship with Jesus Christ as our hearts have the capability of receiving. There's a seeking element, personal seeking. Now, I was thinking about analogies and, and ways to illustrate this as I was working on the message this week. And let's just imagine that in your marital relationship, if you're married... That you were to say from this point going forward, my spouse and I are not going to communicate anymore. We're going to rely on an intermediary. Now, some of you would say, that is what I've been waiting for, <laughs> finally. But imagine how a marriage would be impacted if the husband would speak to the mediator and say, would you tell her this? And then the wife would respond, well, you tell him this. And they never talked with each other. They only passed messages to someone who then passed it on. You would say something is terribly wrong with that marriage. Something is terribly wrong when people invest no personal energy, time, and effort into developing their own relationship with Jesus not simply what others have studied during the week to teach during Sunday school not what a preacher prepares during the week to pass on Luke said I know those things I, I, I know you know what I've heard but I wanted to find out for myself discovering Christmas means that we crack open our own Bibles and say Jesus I want to know you for myself not just what someone else tells me, not just what someone may prepare to, to pass on to me. I want my own relationship with you. Luke said, I investigated it for myself. But then he also said, I, I investigated thoroughly. He said, I started way back at the beginning. I didn't just say, well, here, you know, let me pick up midway through the story. He said, I'm starting at the very beginning, and I'm not passing over any details. I have investigated everything. I have, I have exhausted every resource to find out all that I could about Jesus. It's been thorough. 
And in the same way, when we think about discovering Christmas and developing our own relationship with Jesus, none of us ever should settle for superficial or surface level. Nobody sh should say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to, to read a few verses here or there, and, and maybe I will think about Jesus a little bit uh, every now and then. We should exhaust all of our available opportunities to develop a relationship with Jesus for ourselves. During my senior year at Mississippi State University, I finished one class in Carpenter Hall, as a matter of fact. Does anybody know where that is on campus? It's right there next to the drill field. It's where they put remedial students, from what I understand. And so I walked out of Carpenter Hall and saw, saw students on the drill field, and they were crawling like this. They, they were, you know, crawling on the ground. And so I thought, is this some sort of initiation for something? But I recognized some people who were out there on the drill field crawling. And so I walked out and discovered what had happened. I won't say their names, but an engaged couple i'm going to call them hugh and deanna those aren't their names but that's close enough for me to remember them and so hugh and deanna were an engaged couple going to be married a year and a half or or the not the next summer but the summer after that and some sort of dispute happened as they were walking to class together and the level of argument rose to such a point that Deanna took off the enormous engagement ring that she had. And she said, well, I just don't even want to marry you. And threw it onto the drill field. Hugh's family is a prominent Mississippi family. They are loaded. I mean, they have what we at Bersheba call garner money. And so, I mean, they were just, I mean, their pockets were weighed down with, I mean, just all kinds of money. There's no telling what that engagement ring cost. As soon as they realized that that ring was on the drill field, they hit the ground and started looking. And then they invited, they, they, they made sure, you know, they didn't just tell anybody, but anybody that they recognized, they said, hey, help us find this ring. And they missed their next class because they had to find that ring. They were not stopping until the ring had been found. And so, when we start thinking about pursuing our own relationship with Jesus we don't need to settle for something superficial surface level we need to pursue depth we need to pursue intimacy we need to pursue something that will sustain us during the hard seasons of life and Luke said that's exactly what I did I didn't rely on anybody else I wanted to find out for myself, and I investigated thoroughly. So there's an element of seeking, but there's also an element of telling. Luke did not write this record for himself. He did not say, you know, I'm keeping a personal journal, and, and I just thought, you know, that, that it would be nice to have in my own personal archives. 
He wrote this to a specific individual whose name is Theophilus. And he said, look, I've been thinking about you, Theophilus. I've been thinking about your own exploration of Jesus. I've been thinking about how you've been wrestling with the concept of of Jesus as Messiah. And so I wanted to be a part of that journey. I, I wanted to help you. And so I have interviewed all of these eyewitnesses. I've written these things down in an orderly sequence. And then verse 4 says, so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. Luke said, I I not only want to know Jesus, I want to tell people about Jesus. He, He had one particular individual in mind. But of course, we know that the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to write this. And billions of people have read this gospel account since it was first put on paper. Discovering Christmas has an element of telling also. Not keeping the gift of of eternal life in Jesus a secret. Not even assuming that others already are settled in their relationships with Jesus, but that the Lord would use us as agents for the people who are like Theophilus in our lives. Maybe those who were wavering, it appears, we don't really know much about him, but you can sort of read between the lines and pull out some context clues to know that maybe Theophilus was wavering some. Maybe, Maybe he had heard these fantastic stories about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead and opening blind eyes and saying, now wait a minute, How did that happen? You're saying that he himself was killed and put in a tomb and he walked out on the third morning? That's exactly what I'm saying. Maybe maybe there was some hesitation to believe. We don't really know the story of Theophilus. All we know is that Luke said, I want you to be certain. You've been instructed and I want you to be certain about these items. I want you to know it's the truth. And so God calls us to be a part of the stories of other people too. As they begin to navigate their own faith journey that we are a part both in introducing them to Jesus and in helping them along the way to grow. And we do that for a couple of reasons. One is a sense of responsibility. I mean, the very last words that the disciples heard Jesus say were go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the remotest parts of the earth. There's not a single individual in this room who has placed his or her faith in Jesus Christ that is excluded from that commandment. For us not to tell is flat-out rebellion and disobedience against God. I don't know how to say it any more plainly than that. For any one of us not to pass on the message of Jesus is shaking our fist in his face, saying, I know what you told me to do, but I refuse to do it. So in one sense, there is a responsibility that we embrace and say, yes, Jesus commanded me to do this, and so I'm going to do it. But there's also a sense of desire that we want others to experience what we have experienced. We want others to be released from their sins the same way that we have been rescued from ours. We want others to know the joy that cannot be repressed that we experience because we are in Jesus Christ. Luke was acting perhaps based on the thought of responsibility, but it seems Luke's 
purpose in writing was more from the desire side to say, Theophilus, if you only knew what Jesus could do. If you only had a sense of what he could do in a person's life, you would want to pursue him the way that I have. We, every one of us knows what that's like. If you see a good movie or watch a good television show, you naturally want to tell people at the end of the movie or at the end of the television show, they don't put a little, a little requirement as the, as the credits are rolling. Now you must go tell everyone how good this movie was. If you enjoyed it, you naturally want other people to see it. My brother has every single John Grisham book that he has ever written, first edition and autographed. His penmanship is terrible. I go pick up the books for, for Alan at Reed's in Tupelo. The man can't sign his name. Alan has every one of those books. And he was the person who told me, you need to read. I mean, way back 25, 30 years ago, however long ago John Grisham started writing, Alan read A Time to Kill and said, you need to read this book. And the reason that he told me that was not because somebody was twisting his arm. He said, this book is good. I want you to read it too. We should, if Jesus really, listen to me, if Jesus is doing in us what he desires to do in us, our desire for him to do in others' lives what he's doing in ours cannot be contained. It cannot be stopped, which is a good sign for us then. If we are not telling, then Jesus is not doing in us what he desires. Because it will be such an irrepressible movement of God in our hearts that we will not be able to contain it. It will, it will have to spill out. I hope over the next 21 days that all of us at Bersheba will discover Christmas. Both from the seeking side of I want to take my relationship with Jesus deeper and more intimate than it ever has been. I don't want to rely on what anybody else says. I am digging into these teachings for myself. And I want to tell somebody. I want Jesus to do in the life of somebody else what he is doing in mine i want them to have hope i want them to have joy i want them to have a sense of meaning and purpose to know that every morning when they awaken and open their eyes that the lord has something specific in store for them that day and the only way that they'll be able to experience that is if i will tell them if you reach into your pocket after not wearing some clothes for a while there is the unexpected discovery of finding money in there that you didn't know would be there. But let's be intentional over the next 21 days to discover the blessings that we know are waiting for us. We're going to sing a closing song of commitment today. And so I want to make this invitation to you. Just as we observed communion earlier and I talked about Jesus is giving his life on a cross for our sins. He swings the gates of heaven wide open and says, anybody who wants to join, if they will respond to my voice, they can be a part of this family. And so if there's someone here 
who hasn't yet begun following Jesus Christ, if you haven't repented of your sins and turned in faith to Jesus, I would love to talk with you about how this Christmas season you can begin following him. Maybe there are other decisions on your mind. I'm going to be standing here for just a moment as we sing our commitment song together. Philip, what are we going to sing? One, three.